It's the What a Weird Week podcast for Friday, March 3rd, 2023. Crawl space discovery shocks school. I was also shocked, but not in a way that's going to keep me up at night. You know what I mean? Hi, everybody. It's weird. This is like crazy being here. Like really weird, weird tales. Well, I got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. Thank you for coming back to or for checking out the What a Weird Week podcast. If you're checking it out for the first time, appreciate it. If you're checking it out for the millionth time, well, also appreciate it. I appreciate that a little more. I got to be honest, million times? Like, how did you even? Good for you. So what we do here is every Friday, it's a Weird News of the Week Top 10. Then we put all the links and the videos and the photos in the show notes blog. And all you got to remember is shownotes.page. If you can't remember anything else, shownotes.page. And you can get back to everything we talk about. And there's a link for the new enhanced video podcast to our YouTube channel. Ten. Here comes the countdown for Friday, March 3rd, 2023, Season 4, Episode 23. Ten. I don't want to make light of crime, but I mean there are worse things to find in the crawl space of a school. A teacher from a school in Massachusetts has been charged after a crypto mining operation was uncovered in the school crawl space. He allegedly set up crypto mining PCs in the crawl space and they were discovered by an inspector. I'm naive because I didn't know this was illegal. I didn't even think a teacher would get fired over this, let alone arrested. I thought that teacher would get some kind of award. The, uh, Leadership and Technology Award or something. You know what I mean? Ingenuity Award. Instead, arrested. It's illegal. This is an illegal thing. And also, stealing electricity from the hardworking taxpayers of Massachusetts as well. It takes a lot of power to run a crypto op. So, you know, if you're going to do the crime, also have someone else pay the power bill for it. I think it's the lesson. No, wait. The lesson is crime doesn't pay. Disregard the the first thing. This part's interesting. The police were involved in this, but also the U.S. Coast Guard Investigative Service and the Department of Homeland Security. So this sounds like pretty major stuff. Big time stuff. Nine. By the way, we put a photo of the crypto mining operation, the crawl space. We put that in the show notes. And full disclosure, I do make one ninety-seventh of a cent every time you click a picture on our blog. You don't have to. It's just a bunch of tubes in a crawl space and ductwork, very confined area. That's it. Now you know. You don't even have to click. I imagine they were careful about what they showed because they don't want to encourage other teachers. Heaven forbid some other teacher go down in their own crawl space and get something going at another school. Nine. Okay, number nine. Did the president of Mexico really believe it was a photo of an elf? This is an interesting story. The president of Mexico posted an elf photo on his social media last Saturday. The Associated Press believes that he did it in earnest, like a serious post. And I should say it's an elf-like creature from Mayan folklore. So not exactly an elf. I don't know if there are elves, you guys. I'm not here for that debate. I'm here to debate the photo of the elf. I just don't see it, you guys. You can click and have a look at it. Oh, I should say too. Well, actually, I shouldn't say, but I'm going to tell you cards on the table. I try not to steal photos for our show notes and our blogs, but I stole this one. I out and out stole it because usually I just share the social media post. I'm scared that social media post will disappear. Seems like a topic that would get 
commented on enough that it might disappear. So you might be looking for that photo and then it's post no longer available. So I stole the photo. We might get demonetized for that, which very difficult to do uh, for a free podcast. This is not a political statement. I just personally like it that a country's leader posted something like this on their social media. That seems rare these days. I don't know anything about the president of Mexico, but you do not get elf posts from too many world leaders. So that I feel is refreshing. Now, if you're saying I'm not looking at some elf photo, listen, Scott, I'm not going to give you one 180th of a cent by clicking through. What do you think? I'm some chump. I know you make money when, when I click through on the blog. I know you're making one five hundredth of a penny. You don't have to click. I'll describe the photo for you. It's at night. It's a tree. And maybe up in that tree is some sort of creature with long hair and glowing eyes. Or it may be a curved branch and a couple of stars. Friends, it's Scotty from the future in the editing bay. Well, not like we have an editing bay. It's an editing creek. But I have this thing where I look at photos. Uh, I have like face blindness, prosopagnosia. Sometimes I can't tell when I'm looking at a photo. So maybe this photo is a person in a tree. I keep hitting the enhance button and I'm just not sure. Anyway, end of update from the editing creek. Eight. Cars that will repossess themselves are coming. Ford's patent for systems and methods to repossess a vehicle has made the news. Part of the patent has to do with cars of the future, or really, I guess, cars of the now, in some cases, cars that drive themselves. We already have those. So with the technology in the patent, Ford would be able to move your car to where a tow truck driver is waiting so the repo person doesn't get sworn at or, uh, you know, in some cases, it's dangerous work. The car would come to the tow truck driver or in some cases the car would just deliver itself to the repo company or in some cases the car would deliver itself to the junkyard that's a sad one i mean they're all pretty sad we've all had financial hardships you can imagine a scenario right but this one where your car repossesses itself and you see it driving down the road and it goes to the junkyard because you couldn't afford to make the payments, but the bank doesn't think it's worth anything. And so they're not even going to try to resell it. It's just going to the junkyard. All they want to do is get it from you and get it to the junkyard. That's a sad... That's a, I didn't want to go to the sad place this week. Gah! Something else is troubling me about this. At first, yes, big ticket items, cars, trucks, driving themselves to the repo place. But at some point, other things... That costs a lot of money that you might fall behind on your payment. Like, I don't know, big screen TV. You fall behind in the payments. It waits until you fall asleep. And then little robot arms and legs come out from the back and it walks out your door and back to the showroom. That's a scary future, you guys. Or, oh my gosh, don't pay a cent on your, your bedroom suite. You can get a lovely new bedroom set. Don't pay a cent. And then you read the fine print and they're like, oh, well, so at some point you have to pay a cent. And you're like, wait, is that false advertising? And then your bed repossesses itself. Sad music again. My good heavens. 
What do you think the technology would be for a bed, a mattress to repossess itself? Just bouncing? It would just bounce out your bedroom and down the stairs and out the front door? It would bounce all the way back to the showroom? Or maybe it would spin like utilizing some sort of centrifugal force? Just get spinning? Almost like a mattress tumbleweed? It would just spin all the way back to the showroom? I don't know. I'm angry at the future. Why am I always angry at the future? Come on, future. Seven. You guys, I don't like gross stories. Maybe you didn't pick up that vibe from me. Maybe you think I'm so super chill and you aspire to be like me in that regard. Well, oh, you don't? Oh, this gross story, I'm going to muscle through it because it's weird and it deserves to be in the weird top 10. The headline from Live Science, insect that flings pee with a butt catapult is first known example of super propulsion in nature. I don't know what else we need to say about that story. It's weird. The bug that catapults its pee has gotten a number of researchers excited. The bug is related to the cicada, so it's a green bug. You could probably picture what it looks like. There is a photo if you click the show notes. The caption under the photo is this. Maybe this is a good summation, you guys. Quote, this tiny sharpshooter insect urinates and forms a droplet of pee on its butt flicker before flicking it off. End quote. I wonder if the live science journalist who wrote that caption had the same thoughts I just had. Those are some words I've never said before. If you're a bug enthusiast, you can read the whole article there. We have a link in the show notes. It seems as though the researchers are excited to apply this knowledge to robotics. What they learn from this bug, they want to apply to robotics. Where we see pee-flinging bugs, researchers see, I don't know, pee-flinging robots, I guess. Possibly something else. Six. World record king has not run out of things to light on fire, then catch. This is David Rush, who has 250-plus world records. He promotes STEM education through world record attempts. This time, he's in the news for throwing and catching a fire sword 135 times in a minute. And I am sorry if that was a record that you have been training for and he beat you to it. He beat you to the on-fire sword-catching record. Maybe you could find some other sharp, dangerous object to light on fire. Let's brainstorm a few sharp things that we could light on fire and throw around for a world record. Dagger. Well, I was waiting for you to go. I got to come up with all the ideas. Sorry, you guys. I think I'm hangry. If you want to see this record, and to be fair, if you click the video, it's more like sword spinning rather than throwing. And also, David Rush wears a fireproof glove in his world record attempt. I'm not criticizing. I'm just letting you know before you click the video if you were like, oh, I want to see some dangerous fire stuff. And then you're like, what? He's not even barehanded. I don't want to set you up for disappointment. That's what I'm saying. Remember, shownotes.page. If you go to that place, you can find all the What a Weird Week stuff. Five. The ugly dog story and how I got on the American news one time. This is a bit of a memoir, you guys. True story. Kind of kooky. The world's ugliest dog contest happens every year in California. It's not about shaming these homely pooches. It's a celebration of their wonderful personality. And this is in the news because applications are now being accepted for this year's contest. This whole deal is how I ended up on a Reno, Nevada newscast one time. I don't have a dog. 
I'm allergic. I've got the asthma. But I wrote a song for an ugly dog contest winner. And a reporter in Reno found my song on YouTube and included it in their story. And we're still Facebook friends this many years later. A beautiful friendship that consisted of one email. No, that's really, that's how I define beautiful friendships. I I need my space. I put the news story video in the show notes. Here's a bit of it. Finally tonight, we had an interesting visitor come to the Channel 2 studios. Turns out he's hoping to find his soulmate. Many of you may wonder, what is that? With his multicolored skin, warts, and tongue that hangs out, Rascal is one ugly dog. No, really, he's the world's ugliest dog. Winning contest, paws down. So he's really proven, you know, his ugliness, even though I think he's like one of the most handsome dogs ever. Dane Andrews is this pooch's proud owner. He says ugly is just part of Rascal's pedigree. His mom, grandma, and grandpa all held the title as world's ugliest dog. Rascal plays the monster in some scary movies. He's been on several talk shows. Someone even posted a song on YouTube about his grandpa Gus. You're a homely pooch with a skin disease. They didn't exactly play the whole song, but I was part of one of those news kickers, you guys. That's why I'm so incredibly famous in the greater Vegas area. It goes David Copperfield, then the comedy stylings of Carrot Top, and then me, you guys. Then me. Four. The Ketchup Boat Guy story continues. A time of recording this has not been resolved. Hoping for a happy resolution to this one. What we know so far. CNN earlier this week said, Heinz needs your help to find that catch-up boat guy. I'm maybe paraphrasing a bit. The background on this, in January, a guy named Elvis was rescued after being adrift in the Caribbean Sea for 24 days. And he explained how he survived on ketchup. There was a bottle of ketchup in the boat. When the folks at Heinz heard about this, they wanted to buy Elvis a new boat, a boat with top-shelf navigational capabilities so he wouldn't get lost at sea, avert another, you know, lost-at-sea scenario. But even though they reached out to the Dominican government, where Elvis is from, they haven't been able to track Elvis down. They tried social media, and then they turned to the news orgs, and CNN reported on the catch-up boat guy. So if you have any information for Operation Ketchup Boat Guy, see the Heinz Instagram link in the show notes. Imagine, Elvis is out there. He doesn't even know that the Heinz Corp wants to buy him a boat. Or maybe he's like, I'm a mustard guy. Sorry, I never want to touch ketchup again. I want nothing to do with ketchup. Maybe that's it. He's avoiding them. Three. Here's the headline from ABC7 Eyewitness News. New device device from from China China allows allows couples couples to simulate simulate kissing kissing over over their their phones. phones. Let me just say this. First of all, you're in Canada. We're going through a thing where technology from China is not being trusted. The news just came out this week. If you work for the government, you cannot have TikTok on your device. So if you're in that type of scenario, you might not be able to have this Chinese kissing technology on your phone. And I'm sorry about that. A silicone attachment to your phone, silicone lips. And they have some kind of lip-sensing technology with genuine lip motion, moving, kiss-you-back artificial lips. That's what this device is. supposed to cost around 40 bucks. A couple of things here. They say their target market is people in long-distance relationships. I would say the secondary market is just lazy people. 
maybe. You know, you're not in a long-distance relationship. Somebody's in the next room, and you're just very comfortable where you are, and it's time for a goodnight kiss. Well, maybe this is... Maybe this will reignite some passion. I am concerned, as I am every week when we have these technology stories, AI technology, the robot uprising, you know, what if the kissing phone attachment is a better kisser than I am? What if my wife falls in love with the phone kisser 5000? We better be careful. Approach this with caution, you guys. Early adapters, proceed with caution. Also, hello to my wife, who once in a while will listen to this podcast. Very seldom, but once in a while. Maybe you're hearing this right now, darling. My sweet, sweet love, who would never leave me for silicone lips, right? To Paper and gumption. The tossing record that changed the world. Trying to ramp up my headline writing abilities. How was that? Did that grab you? People from the Boeing Company set a world record after carefully designing a paper aircraft that was able to fly 290 feet. That's the world record. Almost 300 feet paper airplane. Almost as high as the Statue of Liberty or the Tower of Big Ben or one and a half times as tall as the castle at Disney World. It took hundreds of hours of design time and a pretty fantastic throw to get the world record. It was officially acknowledged the other day. Airplane design was inspired by actual hypersonic aircraft. Aircrafts? Aircraft. Actual hypersonics. Better? We'll leave it in anyway. Don't cut that out. I just want to be honest. These engineers practiced for four months before they made their official world record attempt. You can Google hypersonic aerospace vehicles, and you will see there's quite a variety of designs, But maybe the most common design is a bit like the space shuttle. To me, this paper airplane sort of looks like the space shuttle. We do have a video and some photos in the show notes. Show notes. I just want to say it in English. Show notes. There, that's it. One. This just in. We never learn. A movie promotion saga. See, I'm doing now. I'm going too far with the headlines. Somebody in Sonoma, California, was standing around a street corner while dressed as the ghost face killer from the Scream movies. In a very reasonable reaction to seeing this, people called 911. Turns out it was just a publicity stunt for the new Scream movie. By the way, Scream 6 comes out March the 10th. Whenever someone reports on this, the team behind the publicity stunt high fives each other. You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying they never learn. Why would they do that? And then I'm like, oh, no, this is exactly why they did that. We're all talking about it. We are the ones who never learn. It's just learning is hard, you guys. Learning is hard. How about we just agree to never learn? Getting a Snapchat. I'm going to have to check this, you guys. So let's wrap there. If you want any of the podcast stuff, all you have to do is remember shownotes.page or in your particular podcatcher, there is a link to show notes and more stuff concerning this podcast and our new YouTube channel where we do videos for the podcasts. Appreciate when you check that out. Maybe you could subscribe or like or whatever the things are in the dibbity doos down below. Like and comment. Smash something. 